Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Make no mistake, if you're an author, you're an entrepreneur. You're selling the world on your book, aren't you? Of course, it's not as easy as launching a business and then tossing any old book up on Amazon. That's why I help entrepreneurs publish books on the specific topic and in the specific way that will launch or grow their businesses. Welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your professor, Anna David. Guys, it's Anna here. So how can we earn twice as much in half the time with ease and joy while serving the highest good? Wow. I've got the answer for you. I'm excited to put a new podcast on your radar. Maybe it's not new to you. Maybe you know it already. It's Free Time with Jenny Blake, where Jenny shares systems and strategies to help free your mind to do more of your best work, powered by delightfully tiny teams. She's the award-winning author of three books, including Pivot, The Only Move That Matters Is Your Next One, and her latest free time, Lose the Busy Work, Love Your Business. Side note about Jenny, I've been following her work for years. I don't know that there's anyone out there who provides better systems in clearer ways. I'm a big fan, and I have a feeling you will be too, especially episodes 96, where she shares free time book sales stats one month post-launch. Now you're interested in that. And episode 84, sprinkling the first 1,000 serendipity seeds of a launch. There's also a Notion walkthrough for organizing her writing process. Yes, in episode 36 on Shaping Big Ideas. So go subscribe now so you don't miss a single episode at pod.link slash free time. That's pod.link slash free time. You'll be able to download the podcast and subscribe on any of the platforms. You can also take the free time quiz at its freetime.com slash quiz. That's itsfreetime.com slash quiz. Thank me later. Hello. Welcome to the show. You know what we do here? We talk about uh, the best ways to build your business with your book. And one of those ways, ooh, forgot to mention, this is brought to you by Book Elevator Pitch. If you want to know what that is, and if you're writing a book to build your authority, you need to know what that is. Go to bookelevatorpitch.com. Where was I? One of the important elements when it comes to publishing a book that's going to make a big difference in your business is PR. However, publicists are expensive. Um, talked about PR before on the show, but this is a very special episode. It is with my girl, Christina Nicholson. She's a former TV anchor and she got a lot of bad pitches uh, in her time as a TV anchor. So she started a PR agency that also offers an online course group program. 
She's done a TEDx talk. She's also the founder of Podcast Clout, which is a database for pitching podcasts. And because you are one of, you know, you're with me, you know what I mean? You're my plus one. Uh, She's giving a 50% off coupon for that service. You have to go to the show notes to get it. You can get those at legacylaunchpadpub.com slash blog slash Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. And now I give you Christina Nichols. Thanks for doing this. Oh my gosh. So happy to be here with you. Oh my gosh. My new kindred spirit. Um, (laughs) So so let's talk about how authors can get publicity. Um, I think a lot of people think they need to hire a publicist for $5,000 a month and have it for the publicist for a year. Well, a lot of these publicists send out terrible pitches. This is something you know all about. So talk to me about this. Yeah, I do. So my background's not in PR. I was a TV reporter and anchor for 10 years, and I got those terrible pitches. That's why when I was looking for a more flexible schedule, that didn't involve me standing outside of a crime scene or in a hurricane all day telling people it was raining and windy. (laughs) I got a job at a PR agency, worked there for six months before starting my own. And it really was like, I don't know how to do anything else. I've only worked in media my whole life. So let me just work on the other side of it and kind of fix the mistakes I see people making. And it's just so much better than paying for ads because A, you save money. Yeah. And B, you get the authority and credibility that you don't get with ads because you are there organically. Yeah. So it's just the best way to get you on people's radar. So when you do launch your book, they want to buy it or even pre-buy it. A big mistake I see authors make is they wait until their book is available. And then they, they start saying like, oh, I need to get publicity. I need to get booked on podcasts. And it's like, yeah, that'll help you sell your book now. But it would have been nice if you were doing that before. So when you released your book, you got a bunch of sales because maybe people were already on your email list or following you on social or whatever. Right. So when should they start? When they start writing? I feel like you should start when you are ready for a new customer or client and when you start writing, whatever Mm -hmm. you're writing about. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people who write nonfiction books, they usually have some kind of business, usually a service-based business because they are an expert in something. So when you are working in that business, and even if you're thinking about writing a book, you should be building your personal brand and talking about your expertise. And especially when you start writing and you could even tell people, you know, like on the podcasting conversation, like, yeah, and I'm thinking about writing a book. I think I'm going to write a book or I'm going to start this time or expect a book out from me soon and just give people something to join your email list. You know, like, For me, I have 16 places to pitch to be a contributor. It's very relative to what I do in my business. Yeah. There are so many things you can do to get people to join your list. But first, they have to know, like, and trust you. And the only way they can do that is if they learn more about you, what you do, what you talk about, and then they're probably going to want a book from you. I mean, this isn't a book, but I remember... Somebody on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, I love her tweets. She like tweets these amazing threads. And I was like, do you have a newsletter? I want to sign up for your newsletter. And mm-hmm. she was like, no, I don't. Maybe I should start one. And I was like, like, who the hell wants another email in their inbox? But here I am asking this woman right. to start a newsletter because yeah. I like her Twitter threads. Like, I feel like with a book, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Provide value and 
people just are going to want more of it. They're not going to look at it as like a glut of information, but it's like information they've requested. So what is the best way for it? So an author who's listening to this is like, okay, cool. I have a service-based business. I'm an expert in whatever it is. I'm writing my book. What should they do to get publicity? I like podcasts. I mean, there's all kinds of publicity, podcast, TV, radio, print, online. Personally, for authors, I like podcasts, not just authors, but experts, people who provide some kind of service, just because the value of a podcast listener is so much greater than that of somebody scrolling online or flipping through the channels on TV. Listen, those have their time and place. Those are valuable too. But there is something to be said about somebody who is picking up their phone and reading the title of that podcast episode and deciding to devote their next 30 minutes listening to it. And that's when they really get to know, like, and trust you. They hear your voice. They're not reading it in a quote online. They're hearing you in conversation. They're not seeing you for three minutes on the local news. It's totally different. The person is so much more invested in you. And nine times out of 10, they're listening to you because they want to learn something. They want to grow in whatever it is you're talking about. So I think to build on that a little bit, a big mistake people make, not just in pitching, but in conversation is they keep it so general Mm. that I'm not hearing anything new or I'm not learning anything new. You need to be as specific as possible in your pitching and in your interviews. So like if I'm pitching to be on a podcast, um, I'm sure you get pitched a lot, Anna. You could talk about some of these pitches. Like Mm. you could get a pitch where somebody says, Hey, Anna, I want to come on your podcast and teach people how to become bestsellers on Amazon. I'm sure a lot of people could speak to that, but you would probably book somebody who said, Hey, Anna, I'd like to come on your podcast and teach children book authors how they could sell three times more books on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Because when they pitch like that, you are getting a super specific picture in your mind of how that conversation is going to go. And you know, your listener is going to walk away with tangible steps on how they can do this for themselves. When you keep it general, it's almost like a motivational speech. We don't need a motivational speech. We need to know step by step what to do to make this goal a reality. So true. And so it requires listening to the shows. I think that's the best bit of advice I can give people about getting on podcasts. Don't pitch a show you have never listened to. Wouldn't you say that's tip number one? I mean, that's a very good tip. It also helps in your pitch because some shows don't take guests. Some shows are just solo shows. And then some shows only take a certain kind of guests. Like there is a podcast. I don't know the name of it, but it is a book podcast. And the guy only interviews authors of nonfiction books. So if I pitch him to talk about book publicity, I'm going to look like a dumbass because I didn't write a book for him to talk about with me as the author. And it it helps in your pitching process. And I know this sounds like a time-consuming thing, but I always tell people, focus on quality over quantity. Don't worry about pitching 100 podcasts and listening to 100 podcasts look at the handful that you think will move the needle for you. Like I've been on a bunch of podcasts, but I can honestly like in my hand count how many moved the needle for me. So when you look at it like that, it's not hard to do. And honestly, 
you're probably already listening to the podcast that you want to be a guest on. So it's no additional work for you. How do you tell that when something's moved the needle? I mean, with book sales, you could literally look at your Amazon number when that podcast is airing, but are there other ways to tell? Yeah. For me, the biggest thing is my email list. When the episode goes live and even weeks after, like, because people don't listen to podcast episodes the day they go live. Sometimes it's that day, the next day, the next week, the next month. I mean, I listen to podcast episodes that are months old if I find them and I like the title. So for me, I'm always looking at my email list. With social media, you never really know where a follower comes from unless they tell you where they came from. And sometimes that will happen. People will say, oh, I heard you on this podcast, yada, yada, yada. But when you see those big jumps in social media, or not in social media, I'm sorry, the big jumps in the back end of your email, um, like for me, it's ConvertKit. Yeah. So I see those big jumps and I look at the day and then I look at my calendar and I'm like, oh, I did a, podca- a podcast mm. interview that came out that day. Or I look in my email and it's like, oh, they sent me an email that, you know, the podcast came out that day, whatever it is. For me, it's email list growth. I can't say book sales because I don't have a book out. I'm you working with you soon. right now, Anna. It's yeah. coming out. You're coming helping out. me. We're going to make it happen. Oh, we are. Um, but yeah, for me, it's 100% email list growth sometimes social media, but they kind of have to tell you where they, where they come from. And a good thing to do, not that everybody answers, but you can say in your confirmation email for your newsletter, Hey, let me know how you found me because it's good to get a response because it teaches their spam filter that they want you, but also you can find out, but you know, 99% of people don't respond with my confirmation emails say like, tell me about you. And one out of every 30 people respond. Yeah, you can't ask. Sometimes I ask people um, and there's there's a a good reason you're getting a response. And then sometimes it's like if they say, oh, I don't know, then you're kind of thinking like, oh, well, maybe that's good. You don't know, because you've just seen me everywhere over a period of time. You just forget because I'm all over the place. So then you could take that as a compliment. But then if they know exactly, then that's good for you, too, because you're like, oh, okay, so I should do more of this. So it's good news either way. It's good news. Yeah. I like good news. So, okay, there's so many things you know about that my listeners want to know about that I hardly know which direction to start in. But so, okay, so podcasts, um, when you go on a podcast, um, should where should, you, you know, they always say, where should you send listeners? Is Should you send them to your email list? That's what, so when I was, when I first started, I was so green. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't have a lead magnet and I would just be like, oh, you can follow me here, whatever. But when I'm in a conversation, sometimes I will just like drop things here and there. Like, again, I don't have a book, so I can't say, oh, and I talk more about that in my book, but that's something you could do. Sometimes if I'm on a podcast and we're talking about something, I'll be like, oh, I did a whole episode on Become a Media Maven. That's my podcast check it out while you're in the Mm -hmm. app and then I'll go on. So you can just name drop some of these things that you want to promote. But then at the end, nine times out of 10, the host is going to say, if people want to know more, where can they find you? And that's where you can drive them to wherever you want to drive them to. Oh, well, if you want to know more about where you can get a contributing role, go to 16places.com. I've made it super easy. 16 places where you can um, submit work to become a contributor, but you just want to make sure it's relevant to the conversation or you could do something. I mean, I know 
there's tons of like book things, you know, like I have a book coming out and I'm doing a giveaway. People love a giveaway. I'm doing a giveaway on Instagram. Make sure you follow me here and check out my latest post or, um, you know, get on the list to, to get the, the pre-sale. I'm giving 10 away for free, whatever it is. But you definitely don't want, and I say like, I'm a newsletter junkie now, but I people don't like, join my newsletter. Well, if I don't know what the hell your newsletter is about, I'm not going to join it. So like, yeah. give me, tell me what the benefit is. There's so many ways. I always think getting people on your email list is great because you don't own social media with your email list. You don't have to worry about a freaking algorithm or a glitch or whatever else. Yep. And you can tell them, you know, like take them behind the scenes of your process and all of the things. And even if they do, maybe they don't join your list. Maybe they join you on social media. Maybe they listen to your podcast and on social media from there, get them on your list from your podcast, get them on your list. Just because I feel like that's the most stable way that you can stay in touch with that person. A thousand percent. And so meta, because did you notice Christina was like dropping little things like six, 16 <laughs> sources? What is that? So 16places.com, Anna, thanks for asking. You too tell. Um, well, I mean, it's good for writers, especially nonfiction yeah. writers. And, um, you know, there's the whole traditional publishing, self-publishing thing. With traditional publishing, they want you to have an audience. And they would be impressed if you are a contributor for an online outlet and you're already writing. And you should be. I mean, I feel like before you write a book, you should be writing something somewhere, even if it's not on your website or your LinkedIn. So 16places.com, I put together a PDF, 16 high quality outlets that take contributors. Here's the ideas they like. Here's the person to contact, to pitch, to be a contributor. It doesn't only impress publishers, but again, It can build your brand, get people on your email list. So when you do go to sell your book, you can email them and tell them about it. Or you say, screw traditional publishing. It's helped build up your name and you've attracted fans from that. So it's places like Inc. and uh, Fast Company and those kinds of places. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I wrote for Inc. for a couple of years and... And this is another thing about turning the publicity into profit. So I wrote for Inc. for a couple of years, everything about, you know, marketing and media, some stuff about being a mom and business, all of that. And never once did I like get a client straight from Inc., but I would always share the articles that I wrote in Inc. on my LinkedIn and my social media. And then people would be like, oh, you write for Inc.? How do I get an Inc.? How do I do this? So it's like, I call it doing PR on your PR to make it live longer, to turn it into profit. And yes, like eventually people are going to continue to see that this person's legit. They're writing an Inc. once once a week. They're giving this thing away. I'm going to get on their email list. And then maybe a year later when I go to sell a book, they already know, like, and trust me. So of course they're going to buy it. It's so true. It's not about the media hit so much as what you do with it. And it's like, yeah, I was on Good Morning America three years ago. I am still working that clip everywhere I can because it's like not that many people probably saw it or who knows a lot of people saw the time, but who remembered it? You know, who's going to remember it? The people who keep seeing me push it. And so, and and I will say this, what's interesting about LinkedIn, you have a huge following on LinkedIn. So let's sidebar into that. How'd you do that? I don't know. I think, honestly, I post every day, but I don't post every day because I use a social media scheduler. (laughs) So so I I do go in almost every day, though, honestly, because I like to look at my notifications and like reply to people who are talking. I think I think when you're on social media 
and people comment and they send you messages and you ignore it. I'm like, it's why ridiculous. are you here? Like, yeah. it's so annoying to me. So I don't want to be that person. Um, but LinkedIn is good for me because I have a PR agency and that's where my potential customers and clients are. So that's where I'm always sharing what I'm doing. I'm sharing my podcast episodes. I'm sharing, you know, like everything, like I'm a big overshare. I don't hold anything back. So I just share it all there. Yeah. And I think just over time of doing this every day for like what, eight years now, it's just kind of grown. And then there will be days where I'll just literally search. I'll just literally search in um in the search bar, like people in marketing in South Florida, and I'll just connect with all of them. Like we are two peas in a pod because we do marketing in South Florida. Or I'll search, you know, for um uh business owners out of Ohio State. Like, hey, I'm a business owner who graduated from Ohio State too. Like sometimes it's just like that, and then other times it's just organically. And then those times when people request you and you accept it. And then two minutes later, you get the freaking novel about how they can build you a website or an app. Digitally. I just unconnect or yeah. whatever, remove the connection right away. Like I, that annoys me. It's <laughs> so annoying, especially if it's like a bot of some sort. It's like, no, I don't want, I don't want to buy. If I want to buy, I'm going to go buy. You don't, you're not going to convince me in my inbox. Um. So, okay. So let's say somebody uh wants to be on TV. What do they do? Yeah. So I always say start with local TV just because A, it's easier. It's your low hanging fruit and you're more newsworthy where you are locally. Yeah. So start with local TV. And again, with local TV, you can get coverage as an expert. I had somebody in my media mentoring program who was a dietitian and a nutritionist, and she worked with um, parents whose kids were picky eaters. We got her on local TV around the fall because it was back to school and we pitched a segment on how to pack a healthy lunch for picky eaters. And they loved that idea. It was timely. You have moms watching the morning show. She came with a table full of like examples of what to pack. So like, that's an example. It's newsworthy. It's timely. It's a cute, fun three minute segment. It shows her as an expert. If she ever wanted to write a book about that, she could pitch something very similar, come back, talk about her book. Like mm -hmm. it's really not as hard as people think it is. It's just this perception. Now, obviously, if you want to be like Anna David and get on Good Morning America, there's a little bit more competition, but it, it can happen. And it can, I mean, it is truly like my thing about GMA was just, it was the pandemic had started. Nobody cares about a book about writing. So what do they care about? Well, they care about like what, depression statistics are terrible. Well, are there studies about how writing can help with depression? And you just kind of put the puzzles together and pitch it and you pitch someone who happens to like that idea and, and it, and it happens. Everybody like, you know, I I've heard publicists say you can't get on those shows right out of the gate. You can, yes, it's you can, hard, but you can. Um, yeah, you totally can. I've had people like their first media hit, their first TV hit was on CNN. The, the one I just mentioned the, the with uh, the back to school with the lunch boxes and what to pack in them, that was her very first um, media hit. And that was in San Diego. That's a big market. You totally can, for sure. It's just a matter. And everybody says it's who you know, just like in any freaking business, who you know helps. But if your story sucks, it doesn't matter who you know. You yeah. have to have a good story. Anna here. Now, are you an entrepreneur who wants to write and publish a book about your own failures turned successes? 
Well, good news, that's what my company, Legacy Launchpad, does. Find out more at LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. That's LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. Now, should you do a book, you ask? I think so. Why? Because you're worth it. Now back to the show. So I love that. I love that. Yeah, I never knew how you got on GMA. So that's such a cool thing. to hear. And having the stats and data, that's huge because that is what makes the story newsworthy. Absolutely. I always say no one cares about your book. They do not care. You know, maybe your mom does, maybe your mom does it, but it's, they care about what your book can do for them. And somebody in media, it's like, like, how can you help their viewers? How can you help their listeners? All of those things. So, okay. So let's say someone's like, okay, I love this idea about the picky eaters and the, and the lens. So do they go look up? Do you, do you have lists like that in your program of who they can contact? How do they do that? Yeah. Okay. So with that one, which by the way, we also did include stats in that pitch about like what the American Academy of Pediatrics said and whatever else. Um, So with that one, she was in my VIP media mentoring program. So like I would create the list for her, but if you're doing this on your own, you can still find the right person. Like go to the website, look at the about page, the contact page, the news team page. Twitter is huge. Like all of the journalists are on Twitter. So get on Twitter, use the Twitter search bar like as a Google search bar and you will find what you're looking for. Mm. Like you just, if you don't pay thousands of dollars for software, if you're not in a, you know, a publicity program, there are ways to do it. You could have a VA, you know, do this research for you too. Um, But I do definitely suggest getting on Twitter. Twitter's huge for pitching journalists and building a relationship with them there. And I hate building a relationship because that's so cliche, but like follow them, like tweets, reply to them. Just so they know who you are when you pop out, you know, in their inbox, like, oh, this is my Twitter friend, you know, like I have so many social media friends that like I don't know in real life. And then when I meet them in real life, I feel like I'm meeting a celebrity because I've only seen them online for so long. Right. How did you find your person at GMA that you pitched? This was I had a publicist who was a friend who owed me a favor. So I didn't pay for a publicist. And really, honestly, it was like, he wrote one email. It so happened that the booker was a fan of my first book. So like, that was the lucky break where she was like, oh, I know her. I liked her book. I will tell you this. I, you know, I was like, oh, I've got these GMA contacts. And like, cause then you get more contacts as you're, you know, I had the different person I did the pre-interview with. And, and I, you know, I kind of was like, oh, this will be a shoe in And like, I pitched them my next book and never heard back. But I'm really lame pitcher. I pitch once, I don't hear back. And I'm like, bury my head in the sand. You cannot be like me. No, don't do that. Most That's of what you get is on the follow-up. Honestly, I, I use I the boomerang extension in Gmail. I don't just do this for pitching the media because honestly, I don't really pitch the media anymore. I have a team who does that for my clients. But like, if I want to be on your podcast, Anna, and I pitch you, I set the boomerang extension to come back to me in a week. And that will be my reminder to follow up with you because most of what you get is on the follow up. A hundred percent. When I was on Pat Flynn's smart passive income back in the day, I would not have got on it the first time if I did not follow up. And because I followed up, I was on his podcast three total times. I spoke with him on stage at podcast movement. I was in his mastermind, like so many things happened and it was because I followed up. That's amazing. First of all, I love him. I love his podcast and that's amazing because, okay, if somebody pitches me and because I get those terrible podcast pitches every day, I get pitches from people 
they're like, my client would be great. The client doesn't have a book. My book, my podcast is about, you are basically, Christina, the first non-author to come <laughs> on because you're going to be an author, but also because you have all this fight. They're like, let me pitch you this like random guy with a janitorial. Con-. And I'm like, oh. so I just delete. But so I'm somebody who, if I'm interested and in, I respond to the first one, but not everyone's like me. I think like, you know, some people, it takes a few. Yeah. Well, and you also have to think maybe you're in like a mood that day and maybe, maybe like something happened in the few days since you were pitched that makes you change your mind about something. You know what I mean? Like maybe you see something on the news, maybe you experience something in your life. Like you said, the booker at GMA just so happened to read your book and like it. There's more than one booker at GMA. What if you pitched the other booker and they didn't know who you were and they didn't read your book? So that's why it's also important to keep that kind of stuff in mind as well. It's true. It's true. It's like, I I just, I take rejection hard. So whatever, don't be like me as a point. So, okay. (laughs) So, so you, um, if people talk to me about your programs, is it an ongoing program people can join or is it? cart close kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I have my PR agency. That's like what I started with, but so many people were like, okay, I want this, but I don't have a budget for it, which I totally get. Like PR agencies are expensive. They're for like businesses who make millions. They have a director of marketing in house, all the things. So that's when I was like, well, what if I just tell you what to do and you do it? So that's when I created the online course with the Facebook group or ask me anything, anytime in the Facebook group. But honestly, my favorite part I just share media opportunities with everybody. Like I am in so many masterminds, other Facebook groups, other programs, Slack channels with people in the industry who are looking for experts for sources. I'll just copy and paste what they need and put it in my Facebook group every day. So that's kind of like a bonus uh, of being in the Facebook group. And then I also have a VIP version. And that is something that takes place every three months. So it's like a three month program. And we'll get on calls once a week, answer any questions. I'll build you the media list so you don't have to worry about the contact information. You can Vox me, email me anytime. It's just like very high touch and more intimate. Like email me your pitch and we'll go over it. If I know somebody it's a fit to, I'll forward it. So it's very much like more involved. It's, you know, the VIP version. Um, But you get lifetime with either one. You get lifetime access to the course and Facebook group. And it's under a thousand bucks for that. So it's pretty good. I'm joining. So wait a second. It's it's, you pay monthly, right? You can pay $9.97 at once and just get it all. But yeah, there is a monthly plan. Um, And you're in it for a year? I'm sorry? You're in it for a year? No, the online course in the Facebook group is is like for life. You pay once and that's Uh, it. The VIP version is something that you do every three months. And the idea behind that, people do it for themselves, but then people will also do it and put their VAs in it. So their VAs can execute what we're teaching them. And it's really like, let me teach you one-on-one how to bring PR in-house type of thing. Like just more in-depth, more specific to you and your goals and your needs and all that. Is this what your book is going to be about? Okay. So Anna, this is where I need your help. This is why I'm in your inner circle. So my thought on the book is how I went from a TV news reporter to what I'm doing now, telling you stories about it all. Like you're getting all the business stories and the work stories and I'm doing it with 
no kids and then one and then two and then three kids. And I don't feel any mom guilt about it at all. That's right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Like I feel I've never felt mom guilt. And apparently that's rare, which I didn't realize it was so rare until all these moms were telling me they feel guilty for working. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Like I didn't get it. So I guess I'm just kind of like, I don't know if that's too much or too like, well, is the the book a business book or is it about like being a professional with no mom guilt? And I just feel like I couldn't write a book about being a professional with no mom guilt because I only have so much to say, but I feel like if I did it all business, I would be bored. Such a good juicy thing. What do you want your book to do for you? For me? Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like for me, and that's what I think, like, why do I want to write a book? Yeah. I read books like crazy. Like, look at my freaking wall behind me. I'm a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> but I I felt like it's a good business card, right? Mm-hmm. I do some speaking and I feel mm-hmm. like it would be good to have as a speaker because people will ask about your book. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like the biggest reason is I see these other female business owners coming up with books that are kind of businessy, but kind of personal. And it's really like, I don't want somebody else to come out with this before I do. Mm. So I need to get this done and put it out there. And the only thing that's kind of stopped me because I wrote a book proposal like a year and a half ago, and I probably sent it out to like 20 people and that was it. And nobody jumped on it. And I wanted to go the traditional publishing route because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And now I don't, I've Mm -hmm. learned my ways. And I know that like, I've heard just horror stories where people go traditional publishing and like they own everything and they can it's just horrible. take your, they can take your name off of it and like it's, it's just like horrible. just do whatever. So that's why I joined the inner circle. Like teach me your ways. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So <laughs> let's just write this thing and get it out there and hopefully people will buy it and read it. And if not, I'll do it. It's one of those things where it's like you got to do it because it's been on your mind for so long. It's just a matter right now of me taking the time to do it. Yeah. And I, ever since I started my business, well, two years into my business, like I have to pay somebody to tell me what to do every step of the way because I want the shortcut mm. and I I don't like wasting time and money. So mm-hmm. if I pay you money, you will save yeah. me time and I will do what you tell me to do. That's so funny. My friend has, my friend's a writer who has an assistant. He's like, just because I'm cheap, if I'm paying someone, I'll write. I won't procrastinate. So yeah. when, when you speak, what do you speak about? Most of the time it's about media and earning exposure in the media and, and just based on my experience and telling success stories of stuff that I've done. Um, I did a TED talk on fake news. Um and how it's your fault, not you, Anna, but like everybody's fault. Um, but I haven't done a lot. I'm happy to speak on the topic of like doing this while building a family and raising a family, but I haven't yet. Well, and here's the thing. Do you want to be a coach who coaches mothers through not having mom guilt? I don't think so. No. So your book should be about what, you know, it's like, Yes, it's it's it should fulfill us and it should the muse and all of that stuff, but it is a business tool. Now your already successful company could be maybe 50 times more successful if you have a book that's like the media maven's guide to publicity or whatever it is. Do that. Make each chapter something that could be its own keynote. 
Because it's like, yes, it would be wonderful to like help more mothers not have mom guilt. But if that's not what you do for a living, you shouldn't be the one to write it. My opinion. Okay. Do you think I should put in there like little anecdotes? Like when I tell stories, like doing the live shot in Miami Beach on Halloween, and then I got home too late to take my daughter trick or treating for her first Halloween, but I didn't feel bad because she wasn't even one yet and she didn't give a shit. I think it might be a different book. If I'm buying your, so who's buying your book? People like my listeners, they are like, okay, I want to get media. Do they care about that story about you and your daughter? Probably not. If they're just kind of there to get the information, you absolutely, like I'm writing a book right now. This is all so meta because I was going to ask you after the interview, can I use this interview in it? It's it's a book that's encom- like encompassing all the, my favorite podcast interviews that I've done. And fun. I have personal stories in there, but they are, oh, they're relevant to the topic. I was thinking of making, because most of my clients for my media mentoring program, not for my agency, are women. So I was thinking of making it for moms who are either side hustling or have their own business. I love so it. If I, if I focused on that, yeah, you think they would be interested in those stories? I just well, feel like it would be boring if it was all business yeah, and it would have no personality and it wouldn't be fun, but I don't know. Maybe it would. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I I think what this is, is like, I, I completely relate to this, to this challenge with, with my book. And I feel badly because we're getting off topic, but I think this is super interesting to, to with make your master memoir, the one that I got on GMA for, I was like, I can't do a whole book of advice because that's boring. And I really don't have enough advice to give. So I, I made it a bizoir. I combined personal stories with that, with this new book. I'm taking other people's information and I'm weaving in their advice and my advice and all of these things. But I do think if you did a book on moms with side hustles, this might be too niche, getting media attention, like that book does not exist. And the whole concept is like, you know, you make it for such a small group of people that they love it so much that they go and recommend it to everybody. And then you've got like a bunch of little salespeople doing your job for you. So people think, oh, I should say this. No, this is for men. This is for women. This is for, you know, no, like drill down as much as you can. Okay. That's what I say. I like it. I like it. Okay. So, but okay. So everyone listening needs to join this community. This, let's talk about your podcast. What, the, what is that? Like how yeah. can you help people get on podcasts? So, well, I have my own podcast, Become a Media Maven. And I started that when I was actually in Pat Flynn's mastermind because I was a guest on a bunch. And I was like, one day, it was like the book thing. I was like, one mm-hmm. day I'm going to start a podcast. And he was like, why don't you just do it right now? And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know, because I want to do other things first. And now I have my podcast. I've had it for like four years now. Yeah. Okay. But then fast forward, it's like one thing leads to another. It's crazy. So I have the PR agency and there's so many softwares that exist that get that tells you the information to get all the contact information for people on TV, online and print, yada. But none of these existed for podcasts for people in PR. And then online you have all these podcast databases where you can go and download all the podcasts and their their contact information, but it's not necessarily the contact information to pitch to be a guest. It's the email that they used when they published their podcast whenever it went live for the first time. Right. And it's every podcast. There's millions. Right. So I said, what I need is a database 
that just has the top podcasts that are currently ranking and the best email, or maybe it's an online form to pitch to be a guest. So I emailed these softwares that do it for traditional media. And I asked them to do this for podcasts. This was like five years ago now. And I'm like, please do this for podcasts. Like we need, like our clients want to be on podcasts. I know like how much of a benefit it is, like just personally, nobody was doing it. And I really feel like it's because the people who run these companies are just old white men, just like very antiquated. They don't get it. Yeah. So then, you know, just like through my masterminds and talking to people, I'm like, can somebody just build me this thing so I can use it? So somebody built me the software. It's actually been built twice, two different times. That's a fun story for another day. Um, And it was the currently podcasts that are ranking top 250 of their category. So there's like almost 30,000 podcasts in there. And they've been in the top 250 in the last 90 days of their category, which that's not. And you may think, oh, those podcasts are too big. It doesn't take a lot to rank in the top 250. Like there's a huge discrepancy from somebody ranking number one versus 250. Like it's crazy. Like the number one podcast could have millions an episode. 250 could have a hundred an episode. Like really it's wild. So I had somebody create that for me. And then I was like, okay, well maybe I can market, market this thing. So of course I hire a business coach. Tell me, you know, teach me what I don't know. And for a year, I was like, you know, doing cold email outreach to PR agencies, to marketers, to people who work with authors, to people who work with speakers, you know, the kind of people who want to get on podcasts. And it just builds you the pitch list. It builds you the pitch list so you know who to pitch, what the email address is. You have to write the pitch and send it, but it does all of that research for you so you don't have to do it. It saves you a a ton of time. And I, I worked on marketing it for about a year or so. And then I was like, I am not a tech person. I am not a SaaS person. Mm-hmm. I am not going to try to build this business. I'm not like, and people are like in these groups that I'm in, they're like, I'm going to move to Silicon Valley for a year so I can make these connections and do this. And I'm like, oh dear Lord, I am not that. Mm-mm. So podcast clout still exists. I have a team of three people who update it. Uh, we field emails, like, what do you want? We're, we're so, fl- and I think that's like the joy of being small. We're so flexible right. where it's like, okay, what do you want? What do you need help with? And then like, we'll respond to your email that day and make whatever changes you want that day. But it's just a tool to make it super easy for you to build a pitch list of like high quality podcasts to pitch. Amazing. So anyone listening could go and uh, how much is it? It is for a six month subscription, and you get unlimited use for a six month subscription. It's four seventy four, and then for a year, it's seven ninety nine. Amazing! So they I'll could- offer your your listeners a discount. What should we do? What should I'll we give t- you a coupon code? Twenty percent off? No, more than that. Ten- oh, ooh. so you guys, more. whatever we decide, what you're going to do, and I'm going to say this in the intro, but go to the show notes where you can get this discount code and get more information about Christina. Show notes will be at legacylaunchpadpub.com slash blog slash Christina. And in case you're wondering, it's C-H. It's no K-R-I. I didn't mean to confuse it. Christina, you get it. Legacy Launchpad Like Aguilera. Pub. Like Aguilera. At least you don't have to spell that. Legacylaunchpadpub.com slash blog slash Christina. This is so exciting. Okay, Ooh. let's do 50% off for your oh listeners. Oh my God, you guys. We'll do 50% off. I will. I'll create a coupon code. 50% off the coupon code, whether you do a year or six months, will be legacy. I all capital letters. Legacy. 
I love it so much. This is giving me a million other ideas. We have to wrap up. Christina, what's the best place for people to go to find out more about you? Aside from these show notes, which are going to lead to everything. Aside from the show notes. um, While you're in the app, I'm at Become a Media Maven. On social, I'm at Christina all day, pretty much everywhere. Um, I already told you 16places.com because you should be contributing because you're an author because you're listening to Anna. Mm-hmm. And um, be on the lookout for my book. It will be titled whatever Anna tells me to title it. Because <laughs> I'm going to need her help with that. <laughs> we're, oh, we're working on the title. This is so good. God, Christina, thank you so much. You guys, I hope you love this one. I know you did. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for joining me this week on Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with Anna David. For more info about the show, go to entrepreneurpublishing.academy where you can get links to show notes and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and all the other places. Speaking of those places, if you got anything out of this show, I can't tell you how much I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. And please don't forget you can tell an author or entrepreneur friend about the show. Another forget-me-not, my company, Legacy Launchpad Publishing, is available to help industry leaders and those with stories to share at any stage in their publishing journeys, whether that's writing, editing, or publishing. Just go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com to find out more. And be sure to tune in next week for next week's episode. You know, if you subscribe, you never have to worry about missing one.